Today on the Michel All Access Podcast, we are recapping our Girls Swimming and Diving Championships that we held in the middle of February in St. Peter's, Missouri. And you may have heard the episode where we we did our preview of that event. And now we're going to recap what happened at our Girls Swimming and Diving Championships. And joining me today are Scott Lunty, who is assistant for our Director of Communications. Hi, Scott. Hey Jen, how are you? Good. Scott was with us through the through the whole championship. He can kind of speak to it from communications perspective and especially through our Misha.tv broadcast. And then Stacy Schrader, Associate Executive Director in charge of the sport of swimming and diving. Welcome. Hello. Thank Hi. you. And uh, coach Bill Shally, who longtime high school coach in the state of Missouri, and also he was a big an attender of the championships as one of our announcers for Misha.tv. So welcome, Bill. Thank you. We want to talk through kind of the results and the stories that came from the Misha State Swimming and Diving Championships on the girls' side. So, Scott, how about you start out with Class 1? Let's talk about team champions first. Yeah, so Westminster Christian Academy won their first ever team trophy, but also their first state title. And it was a very close battle all the way to the very end with uh, Parkway West and Central Cape Girardeau, who were second and third respectively. You had Parkway West, who was your returning champ from 2022. As the runner-up, Central Cape Girardeau won their third straight trophy, taking home third. And then Villa Duchenne got their first team trophy in school history with a fourth place finish and Stacy I know you got to see a lot of the class one but it just seemed like it came down to that very final race and that 400 relay and that made a big difference so many times it comes down to the 400 relay yeah. which is part of what makes that race so exciting exactly it, it's an exciting race to begin with it, it finishes the meet it's just an exciting race but oftentimes the team trophies come down to that race and so and that that happened in class one girls this year mm-hmm. yeah no doubt bill do you have any is that what you would have expected the way the way it finished well just looking at the heat sheet going in it was pretty clear there was going to be as many as six or seven teams jostling for position and the exciting thing for me was yes that it came down to the last relay and and also to decide all the positions but also that teams that had never gotten a trophy before got a trophy. There was a number of teams who had their first finals, things like that. Seemed to be a real theme in that class one, and that was really exciting for me. Who I remember when there was 40-some or 50 teams total in the state that swam, and to see this development and to see both classes faster than when we used to just have one class yeah, it, it just makes it really exciting. And the other thing is to, to have that relay, you have to have four good sprint freestylers to get up in those top two or three spots. And how about some of the individual finishes? What kind of records were set in Class 1? Well, we had four individual records broken in Class 1, Jen. It started out the day with the 200 medley relay, Villa Duchenne, with a minute 48.62, beating that by about three-tenths of a second. We had in the 100-yard freestyle, Mackenzie Curry of Savannah with a 51.28. That was a Class 1 record she beat by a tenth of a second. And then that 400 freestyle relay, as we alluded to, Central Cape Girardeau actually came out on top of that. They beat that by 
8.6%. But the one that really stood out to me, and Bill, I think you would agree with this, was the 200-yard individual medley, Sydney Sheck of Westminster Christian Academy. She obliterated that time by 5.75 seconds in the preliminary with a 2-minute, 1-second, 0.61 run. And that race actually had three swimmers break the old class one record which was set by manny palata Corezu back in 2021 sydney charlotte brown of also villa duchenne and mary bazette of ladue horton watkins yeah absolutely she sydney is a stallion I, I can't wait to see what she does next year she is somebody who is making an impact on the national level as well as at our state championship so really exciting to see somebody that talented race and race that well now, I'm going completely off memory, but you mentioned that that record was set in the prelims, correct? Correct. Yeah. And, and we had more, did we have more records in class one set in the prelims than finals? Yeah. There was that one point where we had the record broken three times in a span of 20 minutes, and they just happened to be in the different legs of the prelims. So, I mean, I sit out in the hallway for those who aren't familiar with the setup i sit out in a hallway where our pass gate is and i'm watching it just like you on misha tv and i'm like oh my gosh is this really happening and then you have to like type out new record oh gotta delete it new record oh, gotta delete it and so forth and it's just like okay so you it, it was wild you you had bill telling you about the new records on misha.tv Basically, yeah, he and Matt Jukins both did a phenomenal job. You used Bill's eyes to see what exactly. was going on exactly. out in the hallway. <laughs> I have a hard time sitting down when there's swimming like that going on. You mm. never sit down, Bill. Well, seldom, you're right, seldom. <laughs> we're, we're pretty much standing. Yeah, we um, don't let you sit down during the broadcast, so. It, it, <laughs> it, it just, when I'm in a pool deck, it just feels natural to stand and maybe even pace a little bit. It's the, <laughs> It was always kind of my thing, but you know the exciting thing and, and the interesting thing about prelims is sometimes I mean all these athletes are obviously ready to swim, and prelims because of the circle seating, the top people get a little bit of a reprieve from horse racing. So a lot of times I think that's why we're seeing records more records broken there than in finals. Finals a lot of horse racing goes on. So circle seating, Stacey and I talked about that in the preview. We're always educating. So circle seating is the process we use in the heats outside of heat number one. We're putting those top times in lanes four and five in every one of those heats as opposed to kind of stacking up the times as, and getting faster as you go through the heats. Is that a, is that a good layman's, layman's summary in that? Yeah. The, the alternative would be to have the fastest eight in the last heat, and you want to spread it out. And uh, take some can of the drama away. It, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> but you can see it in the pool with the V that you see yes. in all of those heats. It's yes. Interesting. And and then when you get to the finals, you know the top eight have have come, and sometimes in the finals, at times you don't get the V. You get things outside, so you start to look for those patterns in the results. Did anyone other than lane four or five win or even place in the top few? And that's where, you know, that's where things get a little bit exciting. Yeah, it's exciting when that happens. Somebody breaks out of their assigned spot or the spot that you think they're going to uh, finish in. Any other notable memories or, or things that happened in class one, maybe Stacy or Bill, that we, we need to touch on? Well, I know that in class one and really also in class two, 
one of the things we've noticed over the last few years is if not two good classes back to back has been happening annually, then every other is an outstanding class. And I think we have a lot of really great freshmen and juniors in that class one. So next year is only going to be more exciting and only going to be faster. We're ready to move on to class two. Scott, you want to give us the summary on class two? This podcast might be over by the time I get through these seven individual <laughs> records that we had in class two. And oh my goodness, you want to talk about just a meet and Bill alluding to how it's sort of that freshman junior cycle. Class two was basically the sophomore senior cycle in some aspects. So, all right, here we go. 200 yard medley relay, Parkway South got the class two record, time of a minute 44.51. That was 12 100s to the good there. You had Kylie Sullivan, the Mizzou commit, and Parkway South taking home two class two records. Her first was the 200 yard individual medley, time of 201.88. She beat that by a quarter of a second. She also took home the class two 100 yard butterfly title, the 54.27. That was nine to the good in the 50 yard freestyle Hayden Shessel of Eureka also had two records broken the 50 yard freestyle was one of them she beat that by 0.11 seconds with a time of 23.02 and then she had the Misha overall record broken with a time of 50.11 she beat that by 0.8 hundredths of a second and then in the 500-yard freestyle, probably the race of the entire weekend, Avery True had a 4-minute 54.12 time. She beat that by .32, but Macy Henson, giving her a shout-out as well at battle, she was toe-to-toe with Avery practically during that entire race with a 4.54.33, and those two broke the old record for the overall and then in the 100 backstroke, Isabella Ackley of Timberland, time of 54.46. She beat that by 42 hundredths of a second. And we had three other events in Class 2 alone that were within a second of breaking the class record. Okay, let's talk about that 500 free. You says the race of the weekend. Holy cow. First of all, that's a really long, if you've never watched swimming, it is a long race. It is a long, grueling race. We're looking at 20 or 10 10 down and backs right 20 laps for the 500 and oftentimes things spread out and the winner wins by a lot and a lot could be one second or more but one second in the pool is a lot that's a lot of time that is not what happened in this race you had you had a one two finish they finished within i want to say one one hundredth uh, let's see, quick math. You're talking to the communications guy here yeah. at math. So, yeah. I mean, they they were two tenths of a second. Two tenths of a second. Thank you. And just over two tenths. And they both would have have set the state record. It was incredible, an incredibly emotional medal ceremony. You have the gal at battle who swam probably the race of her life, and she got second in state. And, and she was leading a majority of the yes, time. Yes. Yes. And just, it was just, it was amazing. I don't know. Bill, do you have more to say about the 500? Oh, it was definitely the race of the weekend in both classes. You had two All-Americans going at it. You knew it was going to be great after the 200 free. Macy's improvement the 200 free was tremendous. She's better the longer she goes. In USA, she's a, a great miler and thousand swimmer. And you had a young lady that is really good at those middle races. 
and finally stepped up and swam the 500 race of her life. I mean, two tenths, that's, that's uh, an inch and a half, something like that, in the pool. It's, it's a nothing difference. And, and you said it. They went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. They went stroke for stroke. And one would challenge and take the lead, and then the other one would take it back uh, towards the end. And I was just ecstatic. Uh, I haven't seen anything like that since our girl won it in 2009 over a, a really great young lady from Lafayette that had been beating her pretty routinely USA in high school. And we finally got her one time, but it was similar race. Both of them tied the state record in different heats the night before and then lined up and, and both went under again. And that's what you had here. Just two great athletes going at it. It'd be like two milers going shoulder to shoulder all the way through the mile and then sprinting shoulder to shoulder and one leans a little bit more. That's what we have. Yeah. yeah. With the 500 specifically, Bill, and I want to get your take on this just out of curiosity. With that being your longest swimming event that we have, do you think having that head-to-head -head competition basically right from the get-go helped push those two to that state record? Absolutely. And, and look, they're smart. Swimmers are smart in general. Those two young ladies are brilliant athletes. They race year-round. They know each other. They knew what this was going to be. I mean, they knew when they saw the heat sheet that they're both in it. In this day and age, they probably talked on social media about it. Who knows? <laughs> you know, they, they, may have, they may have had a little, uh, little friendly uh, trash talking and, and you know, I'm going to get you out. And the other one's going to be, well, I'm coming home. It, you know, they're friends. I mean, you could see it after the race, the sportsmanship, I, which I thought was tremendous. And, and I have to applaud all those young coaches for doing such a great job at it. But, yeah. The, the 500 was definitely helped for those two that they knew, and they just went right at it. They both did a great job. And I don't want to overshadow, as you said, there's seven records set in Class 2. Every race, you had another announcement that we have a new state record. Yeah. And so it, yeah. there, were, there was just a lot of excitement. Yeah, I'm not sure I can remember the last time where we had seven records yeah. broken in one class, let alone the whole meet. That is a lot of records. And after this many years, Bill, it seems like, how can they keep getting faster? But they keep getting faster. I just, I mean, we've got fast water, I guess. I agree. I, I, well, I, it is a good pool. That helps. But it's the attitude and expectation that you're going to do it. And then I believe, too, that training, and there's more knowledge for all the young coaches, and they're all doing a better job yeah. um, than probably we did back in the day. I think they, they do a great job. Research is at their fingertips. I mean, I, I started and there wasn't computers involved and I finished and I had something called Coach Scope on my phone. I could sit there <laughs> yeah. and zip through an athlete and go, this is what you did. This is what I need you to do with your right arm. And it's right there in front of them. So it's just such a different day and age. And I think they're very, very tech savvy, all these young coaches. So um, I, I think they're going to continue to get faster. I mean, Hayden Schossel is back. I think we're going to see her go 22 and 49 or 48 next year. She's already done at USS. It's just a matter of when she does at high school. Yeah, it's going to be fun to break that 50. Yes. Let's talk about the teams in Class 2. All right, so Parkway South, back-to-back -back state champions. Once again, they took home first. Park Hill South finished second. They were third in uh, 2022, so one step up from last year. Kirkwood, third straight year to take a team trophy home. They placed third. And then Corey Zood Academy 
Third straight year to have a trophy, finish fourth. Wow. The team race in Class 2 wasn't quite as tight as it was in Class 1. No, it was it was a little more spread out, and I think that had to do a lot with just some of the events, the key events that Parkway South had won. We talked about Kylie Sullivan breaking the two records, arguably one of the more decorated swimmers we've had in recent memory on the girls' side, and then they, they finished well in some of the relays, such as the 200-yard medley relay taking home that record at first, and then they were up front for a lot of the majority, so they were definitely deserving of back-to-back. Again, by memory, it seems like there were several races where Parkway South had several qualifiers in the finals. Not just in consolation and finals, but in the final heat. You saw a lot of Blakely Mathis that day handing yes. out medals to the, the kids. <laughs> yes. That, that's how, if you're, if you're trying to keep track at home, you start to see the same coach coming up for the medal <laughs> ceremony. And you're like, okay, they, they might be winning the state championship. Yeah, they, they had great depth, and they did their job on Friday night. And it, it was simply taken an unbelievable effort on Friday and Saturday for someone to catch them, and the other teams didn't have the depth. Yeah, again, going back to when, when you have four of your, of your qualifiers in the final, we had, one, at no, at least one race, yeah. where they had four qualifiers of the eight in that race. That's four something. of them, that was, that was a huge deal. Yeah. That's a lot of points. It's hard to overcome that. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 at that point, you start to pull away, and, and there's mm-hmm. the the, <laughs> <Just> the spreads. <laughs> the 400 relay is not as exciting <laughs> at that point. Mean <laughs> quite as much to the points. That's right. That still right. means a lot to those kids. Yeah. Anything, either one of the other kids, you, know, you talked about one of the other kids who set those records or any other stories out of class two. Hayden Shessel, and Bill could probably speak to more of her, but... She also set an overall record in hard yard freestyle. Yeah, she's she's going to lower those records again next year. I mean, she's really still pretty raw. I, I think what she could do in college will just dwarf what she's doing right now, but she's going to go faster. I mean, she's been faster, and she's going to continue to do this. She went faster again than state at sectionals, so there's a lot going on there. I, and I think that sophomore class in this class is excellent just like we lost a lot of great seniors like kaylee sullivan we still have a great sophomore class the freshman class was good here my guess is next year's freshman class will be excellent agree how many total teams did we have represented do do either of you have those numbers let me think we had i want to say about 50 around hovering around 50 in class one and i believe 30 or 31 in class two if memory serves correctly is that pretty standard pretty standard okay yeah. okay and when you think about a team like parkway south having so many of the <laughs> qualifiers and you're still getting 50 teams represented that that's pretty impressive as far as the breadth of kids mm-hmm. and, and schools represented right and and you have to remember it is ultimately an individual sport and so you can have a really strong one swimmer team there at state representing but yeah we have some really deep and really fast teams and that's going to make the difference in the the team standings at the end but yeah we had some really really very interesting one swimmer teams and one diver teams as well mm-hmm. um, yeah let's talk about to discount diving <laughs> yeah let's not discount diving and let's talk about our diving championships scott well, Tommy and Marriott from Central Cape Girardeau was the class of the field, I, to put it politely. Uh, 
with a point total of 412.85. She took home first place in regards to class one diving. And in class two diving, it was a lot closer battle. You had Megan Wells of Park Hill South uh, beating her senior teammate, uh, Brooke Robbins, by just about a point and a half. Uh, we had a 375.3 compared to 373.85. Which is, is very close for a diving championship. It is tight. Yeah. yeah. Bill, any yeah. thoughts about the diving? Yeah, I, I was very impressed with a couple of things. One, Coach Buzark told me before the meet that his diving coach had done a great job, and he had a great feeling about his divers and had great confidence in them, and they dove that way. I mean, and they knew that their team's spot on the podium was going to come down to what they could do, and they just were in incredible. And young Miss Marriott actually pulled out at least four of her more difficult dives that I can think of because she wanted uh, consistency and to try to push that board down and get up in the air and really just set the standard for what it was going to take again, uh, much the way Margo did for four years. I mean, there was times where Margo didn't have one or two of her best dives in because she was just working on it and she didn't think she needed it and she had something that would go higher and get higher scores. So that really impressed me on both levels, that we had uh, one team scoring multiple finalists so one diving coach obviously did great. And then we had another young lady dominating uh, with a revised list that could have gone a lot tougher. And I asked her after the meet, I said, Tommy Ann, what are you going to do next year? And she goes, oh, I'm going to push it next year. I'm going to push all the high DD I can. <laughs> she really can't push that board. She can get some airtime. She gets up in the air. Those, her and Margo, Margo was the finest technical diver of almost any level I've ever seen anywhere around the Midwest. I mean, she, people forget she went right out of high school to Olympic trials and got fifth. And the difference between fifth and second was not very much. I mean, she was in it. That's how good she was. And and her and Tommy Ann really ride the board well. I mean, as well as any high school divers ever. I know you're referring to Margot Amira of Westminster yeah. Christian Academy, who graduated a couple yes. of years ago. But do you think Tommy Ann might have that similar potential? <laughs> It's possible Margot's lines through her dive were nearly flawless, and Tommy's going to need to uh, to work on her body lines a little bit. She's certainly capable. She is certainly capable. But Margot's level of defining the line of the dive throughout the trick is is what really set her apart. I thought. I mean, she squared everything perfectly. She. If it was a straight, it was perfectly straight from head, fingers to toes, etc. If it was a pike, her nose was between her knees. You know, it's just the perfect lines, and that's where I think Tommy needs to go. She's got the height, she's got the power, she's got DD. Now she's got to define everything. Okay, as a wrap up to girls swimming and diving, we've we've talked about team, we've talked about individuals in both classes, we've now talked about diving. And Bill, you've even gotten into where the strengths are and what we should be looking at next year. What are your, your feelings, all of you, your feelings about, in recent history, how did the 2023 championships kind of stack up as far as in recent history, maybe in the past five years? And I think you've kind of touched on this, Bill, but you know, maybe even crowds, things that may not have anything to do with the results. Or and I think Bill, you're kind of talking more about results and the quality of the of the field in general. But just in comparison to maybe the last five eight years, how did 23 stack up? I thought the crowds were wonderful. The 
huge crowds on the prelims on the first night of each meet, each class. And that was because it was so competitive. And there was just so many kids getting in from different schools and so many eight or nine teams still in competition for the platform and to get on the podium for finals. So it really led to great crowds and then really, really a lot of energy, I thought, in finals for both classes. Great energy. Stacy, Scott? Again, going back to the records, I, I'm as far as in the pool, it really was a fast meet. And I'm trying to think back in the last few years, we just keep setting records. So I, I have to say that it's probably as far as in the water and the speed of the swimmers, it was one of the best meets in the recent past. I mean, I've had a small sample size experiencing the swimming diving championships. But what I can say is this event has been going on for the girls. We're I believe we just had our 48th annual. We're approaching 50. The bar keeps getting set year after year after year, and I don't think 2023 is any different for the girls specifically in Class 2 as well. There just seems to be a new bar every year, and it just keeps getting funner and funner to watch, and it's kind of remarkable to think of out of all the years we've had this Swimming and Diving Championships, there's a new bar that's being set. It's, it's pretty impressive. I can say unequivocally, it's the best girls swimming and diving championship that I have ever been the executive director of. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. So uh, I want to thank everyone who joined us today. Stacy Schrader, associate executive director in charge of the sports of girls and boys swimming and diving. Scott Lunty, assistant with our communications director and coach Bill Shally, swimming knowledge guru extraordinaire. <laughs> Thanks for everyone's help today. This is Dr. Jennifer Ruxted, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.